0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 110 of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter. I'm YouTube certified, and I host this show along with the Buddy Express show every single Friday. Uh, this show I normally posts on Wednesdays, but I know it's Thursday. Today I'm a little bit late due to guest scheduling, but that's all right. We're still going to get it in this week. And man, is it a value-packed episode, so I'm not going to be too long-winded here at the front. I do want to remind you that, as always, we are brought to you by by the fine folks over at TubeBuddy. We talk about it in this interview organically, so I'm not really going to talk about it much here, Uh, but uh, other than the the fact to say that I've been using the A-B testing feature for thumbnails recently, and man, is it killer. Uh, So if you haven't already, click the link in the show notes and check out TubeBuddy, the one tool that rules them all that I always, always recommend to other people. So definitely go check out TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D. The link in the description will get you there, and it'll help me out as well. Speaking of helping me out, we have opened up a Patreon campaign a few weeks back, and uh, added a private creator discord if you join or support the show on patreon and man have you guys absolutely went crazy over 30 strong in the discord now supporting us over on patreon just since last week uh, we are joined by karen carr stanley cravens zing cat sensational life And Marcus Daines. Uh, Also, if you support at a $5 level or higher, uh, every month you can message me and I will give you a couple of pointers, uh, you know, laying out what I think you could do better on your channel. So I'll kind of give you like a channel review, a channel grade throughout the month. uh, And if that's something you're interested in at $5 or more on the Patreon campaign, uh, you'll have to reach out to me because I couldn't keep up with all of them. But if you do that, I definitely will check that out. So if you would, click the link in the show notes to go navigate towards our Patreon campaign. uh, And we're also also going to be inviting all of the future guests of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast to join that Discord channel, the private Patreon Discord to add even more value. So guys, it's just getting more and more value packed. If you're a YouTube creator, hop in there. We've got people like Nick Niman, Dan Courier from Creator Fundamentals, um, a lot of other previous guests and some amazing content creators that are always talking YouTube. If that's something that interests you please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on Patreon. We would really appreciate that. Also, if you would, go over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button. That way, every single Wednesday when I release a new episode, you will be notified. Also. I'll give you a shout out on next week's episode. If you leave us a positive review over there, we've got a few coming in this week. We've got one coming in from Luke's home tube. Uh, I I run an up and coming adventure YouTube channel. Dusty and his YouTube podcast has become my go-to podcast. It's really helpful. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate that. Got another one coming in from thumbs up kids. Uh, It says we are thumbs up kids. I love listening to your podcast every day while I'm driving for my day job. That is, Is awesome says your topics have really kept me in balance. That's cool. That's so great to hear. I love hearing these positive remarks. And then the last one coming in from Bethany Tella, I believe says such an awesome podcast with a great host. Oh, thank you. Uh, I've learned so many great tips to apply to my own YouTube channel. Dermer life, D-E-R-M-E-R life. Love the interviews with other YouTube creators. Always entertaining and full of so much info. Bethany, thank you so much. So I really appreciate those reviews. It really does help the show grow. And that's what we're all about here on the podcast is helping you get your message heard. Thank you guys again for your support. Sorry for the one day late here on the posting, but I really think you're going to get value uh, out of today's episode. This creator grew to over 70,000 subscribers in just over a year. So sit back, buckle your seatbelt, Grab a cup of joe or whatever you want to drink and let's dive in. All right, everyone. Welcome to this week's conversation. I am so excited today to be joined by Pete. He is from London. He started his YouTube channel called Gaming Careers uh, just over a year ago with the aim of teaching people how to make careers in gaming through live streaming and content creation. Since then, it's grown to an awesome community of 70,000 gamers looking to make your profession out of their passion. Pete, how are you doing today, man?
1: Hey, Dusty. I'm doing well,
0: thanks. How are you? Absolutely. I'm doing fantastic. I just, whenever I hear you speak, I just, uh, whenever I watch your videos, I'm like, man, I wish I had that accent. That would be amazing. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Super excited about talking about your channel, man. Uh, just over a year ago, you started this thing, and it just kind of blew up on you. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, how talented you are as an as an on screen person, and you know, watching your videos, you're really comfortable, and you do such a good job explaining the topic. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Let my audience know a little bit more about you, who you are,
1: your story, and a little bit more about your YouTube channel. Okay, uh, well, I started the channel, as you said, about a year ago, but I had previously been on YouTube probably for, I don't know, eight or nine years, but not doing anything seriously, just uploading videos for my mates and linking them. I wasn't ever trying to build a, a niche out or anything like that. It was just really a personal channel that I used to share with friends and um, I I was always really into gaming. I used to play a game called Team Fortress 2 at a high competitive level. It's the cartoony one that I think some people have played. And um, my channel sort of became orientated around that. I made a few videos about events that had happened and tournaments that had happened in the Team Fortress 2 community. And then that's kind of where I learned my craft. That's where I learned how to edit, how to film, I guess a little bit about YouTube, although I hadn't really ever tried to grow on YouTube. It was just more about making these videos. And then the Gaming Careers channel, that was just an idea that I had. There's so much information out there about live streaming, but it's kind of hard to digest for somebody that's completely new to it. And especially for somebody that's wanting to, you know, they've seen their favorite streamer and they want to set up a stream like that. And there's actually loads of steps that you have to take in order to, to set up a professional live stream. You know, you've got audio, video, you've got overlays, all these alerts, and quite a lot of complex things. And there wasn't really a central location to learn all of that. So I thought I'm going to give this channel a go. I was going to give it six months of me trying to upload as much as I could, um, and it just completely took me by by surprise how quickly it's grown and it's still growing just at such an amazing rate. And the community are all absolutely loving it. So. I think I've been really lucky um, because I know that's not how everybody starts out on YouTube with sort of a quick growing community and a lot of people have to put a lot of work into it, but it wasn't just the last year. I had a lot of experience on YouTube and in filming and in editing before that, uh, that maybe people don't see since the, the channel was only created a year ago. So that that's how the, the Gaming Careers channel came to be, um, but... I have been on YouTube before that and I had a lot of experience in streaming on Twitch and things like that from my days in Team Fortress 2 and esports sort of as it was coming to fruition. So Pete what do you
0: what would you say you would contribute to the the success of the channel so quickly? You know, as you said you had experience on YouTube, you you did this and that, but what would be a couple of things that you think that you did out of the gate? That helped your channel within you know just
1: over a year you know garner over 70,000 subscribers I think probably one thing that I did straight away was I tried to make the best video that was on YouTube about that topic so I really put a lot of effort into every video that I make in the sort of scripting and research stage um, it's tempting I think with channels to just try and get content out as quickly as possible and certainly a lot of the advice when i was on youtube was you know it's um quantity over quality but i've sort of taken the opposite approach i wanted every video to be the best video on that topic on youtube so i really went out of my way to research all the kind of issues that somebody could have with this kind of setup or um you know the common problems that people have and also not just saying this should be your bitrate this should be your resolution this should be your frame rate but actually explaining what each of those settings does to the user so that they can make the most informed decision so it's i've I've tried to treat the channel and the videos that i create more like me teaching people how to set up their stream rather than me just demonstrating me me setting up a stream and people copying it i want to teach people natural settings so i think that's the the biggest thing that i've focused on and that's what i would um say my success has been based on or my recent success anyway is has been the research phase of my videos and trying to make the best content that I can because especially because my videos are more evergreen than I think a lot of other channels are so they will last one two three years in search results because people are always going to be searching how to add twitch chat onto your stream or something like that and so if I can make a really good video and spend three or four days writing a good script and making sure that I have all the information before I film the video then that video might last for three or four years as it's the same method that people are going to be using in three or four years time and it's a lot easier to sort of put the time into a video if you're thinking like that if you're thinking this video needs to be relevant in the future you know it's going to still be earning revenue in the future as well so it's not just my subscriber base that i'm building this for it's for people that are going to discover me in a year's time and they're going to look through my videos and say oh i've always wanted to learn how to do that i'm going to open that video and hopefully that video is still relevant so yeah my answer would probably be it's just the 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 quality of the content is is my main focus and that's probably what i'd attribute the uh the success that i've had so far down to
0: That answer is perfect. Uh, You and I are in similar spaces uh, in in the fact of we create what I call educational or how-to content. We are not necessarily a community-based YouTube channel. Um, the, the channel that I have is, is, you know, very widespread and it's, you know, about all types of different software and technology. And I focus on educational screencasting videos. And I I do want to touch on screencasting and how you have seemed to master that art at this point on your channel. But I do want to hit on the evergreen part. It's funny to me, Pete, that I have Photoshop tutorials on my channel that are six, seven, eight years old now that are still getting, uh, you know, thousands of views per week. Um, there's power in that, is there not? There, there's power in having videos that are still working for you years after you create them, and if you spend the time up front, like you said, with the quality creating those videos, the benefit is huge, is it not?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's if if you if you or any of your listeners have ever been interested in websites and SEO, it's really similar approach. If you can create a really quality piece of content not just small short form content that is gonna easily become irrelevant. But if you really put the time into quality content, Google, who obviously own YouTube, really do reward that. And you know, if you can get a video into the top search results for some of these really search heavy terms like a Photoshop tutorial or something like that, you can definitely reap the rewards for years to come. And you know, out of nowhere, you can have a video that is actually one of your main sources of income because it's just consistently getting so many views every single month for years after you created it.
0: So I think that you've done a good job of doing that. You've done a good job of doing your research and due diligence before you upload a video. I mean, you own the YouTube first, you know, and second pages for OBS tutorials, for game streaming tutorials and how to stream on Twitch tutorials. What do you think that you've done? Like what are what are you, what are your metrics that you go by as far as when you have a video idea? I know because i'm a I'm a creator, I'm a YouTuber. It's not just you hit the record button, you upload a video and you're done. There's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot more thought that go into that goes into it. I know I am trying to increase my productivity by uploading way more videos than I used to, and because I do this full time, I can do that. But because of that, I've had to kind of batch record and, you know, try to get three or four or five videos recorded at a time and then do the research and then do some SEO before I even, you know, had the video ideas in mind. So what do you think you would
1: attribute the fact of your videos doing so well in search? Firstly, um, before I even started the channel, when I first had the idea, I remember I was I was in bed. I'd woken up early I grabbed my laptop stayed in bed as i often do which is which is lazy of me um, but i had this idea and i wanted to make sure that it you know it had legs so i wrote down 200 video ideas on this whole topic on live streaming on content creation in the gaming niche and the reason that i did that is because i wanted to know that if i released a video once a week that it would that it would last you know five years and that really that same session that i started with i'm still getting through the videos now i wrote down 200 ideas i think i've only uploaded 30 or so videos so far um 2017 is a year i didn't actually upload that much because i was quite busy with work and getting a new job and things like that but 2018 has been much more consistent but i'm still still running through that list basically and i I do get a lot of suggestions from uh, my viewers and people in my discord of videos that um i end up creating but really the heart of my ideas has come from this initial list that I made before I even started because I really wanted to know, you know, is this a a good idea? Is there enough content to keep creating it for a long period of time? Because I didn't want to just create 10 videos and then be like, well, I've kind of taught everybody everything to do with streaming now. And also because it's such an evolving space, there's so many exciting companies getting involved in the space with capture cards and new streaming software coming out. And I think a lot of companies are starting to realize how lucrative this business can be. And that's always a really nice space to be creating content in because it means that there's new content to be created when these new products come out or when companies release new software, there's always going to be a thriving community of people that want to learn the latest thing. So between my original list, which I still add to today and I still use to like manage my whole workflow and uh, my community coming up with ideas as well, as well as, companies making new products that just lead to a natural video um those are the three pools i guess that i, I draw my video ideas from and then from there uh, i i choose the video that i'm going to do for the next week or sometimes my um, my supporters on patreon choose my next video topic and then i just start the research phase i usually have a good idea of the kind of video i want to create but i want to make sure that i as i said before really make sure i cover all the angles um, you know, people streaming with different software or people streaming from PC or Mac and I just want to make sure that all the angles are covered for my video so it's it's really it's not closing any doors for people I don't want people to arrive at my video and be like oh, well this video isn't relevant because I have an Nvidia graphics card rather than an, an ATI one or um, I'm using a Mac rather than a PC, I'd, I'd like to try and make sure that the videos are inclusive as possible so that the person that clicks on the video wanting to learn that thing can learn it and they're not going to have to go and find another one
0: I think that
1: is super interesting that you made a list
0: before you even uploaded your first video. I think that's some advice that a lot of us can take and... I get so many emails, Pete, and you could imagine, you know, doing this podcast, you know, over over time, you know, you accumulate emails and email after email about the same topic. And people are always asking me, they say, Dusty, I'm running out of ideas. I'm running out of video ideas in my space, in my niche. And I think to myself, well, isn't that something you should have thought about before the inception of the channel and the, create, you know, the creation of kind of what you're doing with your brand and your business? Uh, and so I love the idea of sitting down and I have something very similar. I have a Google sheet. Um, I guess you would call it a little document where, you know, under every piece of software, I have, you know, 10, 12, 15 video ideas at any time that I'm working with. And it's funny when you do screencasts and how to videos like for us. And I'm sure you've you've been through this before, Pete, where you're working, you know, doing something on Twitch yourself or you're doing something with live streaming and you're like, oh, man, I just learned how to do that. And then you go and you search for the video on YouTube and the ones that are out there are absolutely God awful. And so then you're like, I've got to do a video on this because the ones that are out there are just terrible. Um, And so obviously there are multiple ways to get video ideas. One of the best ways I found Pete is to look at the comment section of my videos. I mean, my audience, they're going to provide me with multiple video ideas that they want to consume. And so, you know, there's many great ways to, to decide kind of what you want to do there now. I want to dive into something that I'm real interested in, Pete. Uh, You do a lot of screencasting where basically, you know, you have your webcam where basically, you know, you can see yourself and your face, obviously, when you're recording the video. But a lot of your video content is showing people how to do stuff on the computer or on their device. What has become your workflow when it comes to creating a video from start to finish?
1: That's a good question, actually. Something that I don't get asked that often, but um, it's pretty important for anyone that creates like tutorial videos. And I haven't really streamlined it that efficiently. I think I probably still have a slightly inefficient approach. But I will basically, as I said, script the whole video. It's not word for word by any means, because that I think that just sounds super unnatural. But I'll have a bullet point list of things that I want to cover and certainly, when it gets to describing what you need to do in the software. So, say I'm talking through OBS. Uh, OBS, for anyone listening, is like a streaming piece of software that allows you to live stream what your computer is showing to the world. And if I'm trying to describe to somebody how to do something, I need to make sure that I'm saying, you know, click this button and then this button. And you're going to have these settings on screen. So, I script that out fairly strictly. And I will record my intro and outro, which is on camera. And then I will voice, I'll do the voiceover for the full video without any of the actual screen capture yet. So I I know exactly what I want to say. And that's, I mean, the reason that I do that at the moment is so that my audio is super consistent. It doesn't sound like I've gone from talking to the camera to then talking into a different mic whilst I'm recording my screen. And it also helps with uh, editing the full thing together. So once I've once I've recorded my intro, outro, and all the audio that's going to go in the middle, which is going to be sort of voiceover of me um, screencasting, as you said, I then take that into Premiere Pro. I edit it all together to get rid of all the mistakes and all the gaps. And then I will then screen record the middle section, which I have already voiced over. So it's quite easy to time things perfectly because I'm listening to my Premiere Pro timeline at the same time as I'm you know, moving my mouse so I can make sure that I'm consistently hitting the same beat that I've spoken in the voiceover and then yeah I bring those screen recorded clips into Premiere Pro edit out any mistakes or any gaps that I do which is actually thankfully not that many and um, after that it's really it's just the basics like color correction uh, audio levels um, things like that and just making sure that it's a it's a well-polished video Um, but as I said it's not I don't think it's the most efficient way right now because Um, there have been cases where I've recorded this whole intro outro and voiceover and I, I wrote the script the day before with the software in front of me and there's been a software update in between me writing the script and recording the video so I go from having the voiceover to my computer to record the screencast and buttons have moved or options have moved or there's new options and that that's a frustrating thing it's only happened to me once or twice but that is definitely some I think when I when I eventually get to doing this full-time, and I can maybe build a bit more of a studio, I'd like to have it so that when I'm actually recording my screencast, I'm recording the audio at the exact same time, and it's super consistent audio, so it's with a similar mic.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And what software are you using to do the screencast?
1: I'm actually using uh, NVIDIA, used to be called Shadowplay. I think it's called NVIDIA Share now. It's, um, It's built kind of for gamers. It allows you to use the nvenc chip on nvidia graphics cards to record what it's having to process anyway um so it's, it's usually used by gamers i've actually got a video on it where i talk about how to record your games and um i use that because i would use obs but i'm so often talking about obs that i can't i can't record at the same time as showing the software otherwise you get that weird like inception type screen that i'm sure you've seen in many tutorials so yeah, I, I try to use different software and that NVIDIA software just seems to work perfectly for recording your desktop. You can record at a high frame rate and a high bit rate and then it just pulls into Premiere Pro. It's interesting,
0: Pete, that I've used a lot of software over the years, started out using ScreenFlow, great piece of software for the Mac if you're a Mac user, but then just recently I've started using Camtasia Studio 9, and man, I absolutely have fell in love with that screen recorder, and even the in-software in, uh, in software editing tools are amazing for screencasting, and then I pull it into Premiere Pro and do some more uh, deeper edits into into Premiere Pro, but man, it's fun. And it's interesting you say that about you recording the audio beforehand. I found that uh, I used to do that, but I now do kind of what you just spoke on, and I record the audio kind of sum- simultaneously uh, as I'm recording the screencast because it gives me perfect timing. And if I ever mess up, I can just pause or I can make a sound click. That way I know kind of where I need to cut, where I need to come in and out of. Uh, but that's uh, that's super
1: interesting. Yeah, I definitely want to get to this the same place as that. It's just uh, restrictions of the current workspace that I'm using. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now let me ask
0: you this question. Let's talk about monetization. Uh, you've already spoke on that you have a, a job. This isn't what you do full-time. This is just kind of a side passion, a side hobby for yours right now, side hustle, whatever you want to call it. But with the types of numbers that you have, you're obviously making some money from AdSense revenue, ad revenue. What are you wanting to do in the future to make money or to do this as a full-time job? Because I know and truly believe that you definitely could do that. And so I just kind of want to get your thought process on kind of what you want to do. Maybe, you know, help my audience or my listeners understand just different ways that you could possibly
1: monetize your content. Sure. Um, I think it's worth stating that at the beginning of the year, I always create a video about goal setting for YouTube. And really I'm teaching people about why goal setting is such an important thing. But at the end of the video, I also always talk about my goals for the year with the gaming careers channel. I mean, I say I've done this every year, but it's only been up one year. So I've done it once. Um, But this year, one of my goals was to become full-time at some point in 2018. And I'm definitely on track to be able to do that. Um, the The main ways that I currently make money through the Gaming Careers channel is obviously, as you said, AdSense. Um, that isn't as good as it used to be, as I'm sure many of your guests have complained about uh, with the whole Adpocalypse thing. But it's still a, still a decent chunk of uh, of the money that I bring in from the channel. So it's definitely worth pursuing and continuing with um i also have like an amazon affiliate scheme so i recommend every month i recommend three different computer builds for a budget a professional and an ultimate streamer setup because that was like the number one question i got asked every single day i want to get into streaming i need to buy a computer could you recommend some parts for me what's going to be good for a budget build what can stream this game this game this game so I decided to make like a monthly build. So like for March there are three builds that I've done and I try to make sure that I'm taking advantage of any prices that are currently good for that month or any new new hardware. Um, so every month I create these builds and they are all Amazon affiliates. So if anybody goes through and buys the graphics card or a monitor that I've recommended or the stream deck or whatever, uh, I make a small amount of money from Amazon. I also, have a few other affiliate programs um that bring in small amounts of money and then finally something that i've launched just in the last six weeks i think is uh, a patreon so that um people can support me directly and i've just been completely blown away with the support that i've had honestly i launched it because i thought i want to try and get to doing this full time and this is probably going to be one of my revenue streams one day but it's just I, i honestly didn't expect my audience to react the way that they did i've had so much support through that um so it's becoming a goal this this going full time is becoming a goal that's just drawing nearer and nearer and it's it's kind of at the point now where it's like when do i just pull the plug quit my job and go f- fully into this because that that's really what i want to do this is my passion as he said like a side hustle and i've i've enjoyed Creating the content and the community is just so amazing and the support that they've shown that I think I think it's realistically going to happen in the next three or four months don't want to make any promises because obviously, I live in London, it's super expensive. (laughs) But um, it's definitely going in the right direction. And I think I think one of the tips that I've heard a lot of other YouTubers talk about, and I would want to emphasize for anybody listening is that you need to spread out and diversify your income. You can't just rely on YouTube, AdSense money. Because firstly, as we've seen, channels can just get shut down. I, I'd like to think that my channel is like super advertiser friendly. It's literally just tutorials and me talking, but you just never know. And it, you, you, you're you, just much smarter if you're gonna diversify your portfolio of where you're making money from. So try and make sure that there's four or five different revenue streams coming in. And that even, even if they're small, like, um, one of mine is TubeBuddy. buddy. I'm sure you have the same, like one of the greatest tools for any YouTuber, um, looking to grow. They have all sorts of tools and I, I use it every day and it's just so amazing, but they have an affiliate scheme. All I do is I just, li- I have a link in my, in my description saying that I'd really recommend TubeBuddy, buddy and it's my affiliate link. And even if it only brings in, you know, 10, $20 a month or whatever, it's, it's so worth having because, uh, as you, as I said, you can just diversify, have many different places bringing you money, and then hopefully that all accumulates to something that can be considered a full-time salary at some point.
0: Yeah, Two Buddy actually sponsors this podcast every week, so uh, I definitely. Oh well, that was an <laughs> accidental plug <laughs> yeah, for you. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. Uh, I'll uh, I'll pay you later. Um, but uh, but no, that's that's fantastic, and you know I find it kind of you know every creator you talk to kind of has a, a different um a different way of kind of monetizing and it's funny that that you really you hit on the point there about not putting all of your eggs into one basket and I love that like I preach that on the show like all of the time like you basically summed up everything I talk about when I talk about monetization uh, and you said it so well um and in such a cool accent uh but uh such such a such a um just so many good points there uh let me ask you this um if you could you know give if you could go back in time So when you started your channel, I mean, in your case, you know, just over a year ago, but when you got on, you know, you you were on YouTube before that, if you could go back in time and, you know, there's one thing that you wish someone would have told you about YouTube, what is that one thing?
1: I think probably it would be the importance of thumbnails and title. I, I always knew that, but it's one thing knowing it and acting on it. I kind of have the same thing right now about a schedule. I know that a schedule is super important. I've heard enough people who are much more successful than me on YouTube saying, you need to have a schedule. Your audience needs to be able to expect your videos on a certain day and a certain time, but I haven't I haven't got a schedule. So I'm in a similar place now where like, maybe if you interview me again in a year's time and you ask me the same question, I'm gonna say, have a schedule because it's done wonders for me and my channel. But right now I, I don't have a schedule. So I try and do a video a week, but it's certainly not a certain day and a certain time. So for me, I think the one thing that I kind of knew when I started, but I didn't really take as serious advice was was thumbnails and titles. At the end of the day, that is always what somebody needs to click on to get to your video. It doesn't matter if it's in their subscription feed, if it's in their homepage recommendations, if it's in a recommended video, if you've linked it in Discord. Those are the things that people are going to see is your thumbnail and your title. and I, I mean, I don't want to take TubeBuddy away from you, but TubeBuddy has an awesome feature where you can do A-B testing. I think it's maybe for one of the premium tiers of of TubeBuddy, but you can upload a different thumbnail or use a different title and run a test for a certain number of days and it will tell you at the end which one was more successful. So don't be scared to experiment with something, uh, you know, slightly different colors or slightly different way of structuring your title. I've, I've kind of fallen on a style of title, so I think it's really kind of become my brand that people can see uh, what is one of my thumbnails and they'll be like, oh, I've watched one of his videos before. This is going to be how I learn, you know, uh, how to add a countdown on Twitch or something like that. So that would be my recommendation for people starting out would be really spend some time in photoshop you, if you don't have photoshop and you can't create thumbnails there's plenty of like free services on the internet i think one of them is called canva and there's there's loads of places where you can create good looking thumbnails you don't need to be a wizard in photoshop titles just spend some time thinking about what it is your viewers are searching for and also what is going to entice them into clicking on your video i'm not saying clickbait by any means but especially for channels that are you know more vlog related or maybe like daily content you want to have some sort of hook that people want to they, they want to see what that video is about so um it's not so relevant for me because my my videos are usually just teaching people how to do something so my title is literally going to be what they're searching for if they're searching how to do that um but certainly for other genres and other niches in YouTube, I would say titles and especially thumbnails are, are super key, more relevant than ever.
0: And that was gonna be my next question kind of in, in kind of taking us towards the end of the episode is that you seem like you have kind of set on a a branding, a visual branding for your channel um, where you do the borders on the thumbnail, you do the same color scheme, the same text, the same font. Uh, and I love the way you do it. I've actually just started uh, on a new channel design for my channel, completely rebranded it around myself and I've seen just tremendous results on my channel. And I just wanted to ask you briefly, if you could, maybe not just explain the importance of having a streamlined visual brand for you know where pe- when people go to your videos they look at the suggested videos and see a thumbnail that looks like yours but what experience did you have in in you know graphic design before youtube and kind of what has had you you know what has made you settle with what you are where you are now visually on your channel because I think your channel just looks really good it looks amazing and so what have you done to kind of make sure that you visually branded and streamlined everything graphically on your channel
1: uh firstly I'm not artistic in any way <laughs> yeah if you spoke to anybody that knows me um I'm certainly no no artist um but I, I'd spent some time in Photoshop, as I said like before I started this channel I'd a fair amount of experience in premiere pro and after effects and photoshop kind of i can scratch the surface you know there's there's so much more to learn on that but i i think i really just when i created the channel i started making like the the art and the avatar and i, I settled on this theme and probably just the first video that i created i'd spent quite a long time on the on the thumbnail and watched a few youtube it sounds silly now but like watched a few youtube tutorials the kind that i make now on how to create a a good thumbnail in in photoshop and combine some of that knowledge together and they're just sort of set on that style as the channel just took off so quickly that i've never considered that i needed a rebrand or anything like that and that may welcome further down the line um But yeah, I guess I kind of just stumbled into a style and it's worked so far for me, so I've seen no reason to change it. And I think thumbnail-wise, usually what I have is text on the left-hand side, quite big, obviously, so that people can read it on mobile devices. And then on the right-hand side will be some sort of screenshot of uh, OBS or whatever I'm trying to teach. And if I can try and make that as engaging as possible, like I, I use arrows quite a lot and they've kind of become this joke on youtube like if you have an arrow in your thumbnail then people are more enticed to look at it but i really actually do think i've seen great results by using an arrow uh, pointing to make sure that the right hand side of the screen where i have a screenshot of the software maybe showing that i've used twitch chat in the software or something like that if i can have an arrow pointing at that it really helps entice entice people into into watching so I'm i'm not saying use an arrow in your thumbnail i don't want that to be the takeaway i'm more saying that the style that i stumbled upon and how my thumbnails are so consistent is that it's just worked for me I've, I've i've seen it work and i've seen no reason to change it and as as for how i got good at it i'm i'm not good at it <laughs> i just watched some youtube tutorials uh, combined all that knowledge together and just ended up with something that i thought looked quite good and obviously i use a lot of um, my close knit community like a lot of people in discord i'll always bounce my ideas of thumbnails and titles off of them and any feedback that I get from that I take on because I don't want to just presume that I know best. I want to see what my audience reacts well to and I use things like TubeBuddy A-B testing to make sure that I'm, if there's two different thumbnails that I quite like that I've made, I want to make sure that I choose the one that is best for my audience, not just the one that I think is best.
0: And when it works, It's really hard to tweak it, right? Like when 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 things are going well, like that was the hardest part for me in rebranding my channel. Like it it was working. I mean, I I wasn't you know getting rich, and I I you know I wasn't having videos go viral per se, but my channel was growing. I was getting you know my subscriber count was going up. It was going up into the right. So so was my views, and so it was a risk for me. And I kind of understand where you're coming from, Pete. Like if it's working you know kind of why why would you why would you want to change it so uh wow what a great interview i feel like i could talk to you about this stuff forever you've got such great insight on this stuff you've been doing it and you've had such great success in such a short amount of time that's uh, absolutely amazing so well it is that time of the show uh that i now uh, commonly refer to as the lightning round and so we are now going to go through a couple of uh, really fun questions, and so Pete, if you would, buckle up and let me uh, ask you a few questions here and kind of see, uh, get to know you a little bit better. Okay, let's go. All right. All right, Pete. So the uh, first question I have for you is this. What was the last song that you
1: downloaded and added to your device? Um, actually, just before I drove back home for Easter, I downloaded the old Red Hot Chili Peppers album, *Californication* uh, onto my phone to listen on the way back, so Big throwback to when I was about 14 years old, but I wanted something for my long drive back to Manchester. That's an old favorite for myself as well. What would be your superpower if you had one? Oh, to stay young forever. Oh, I love it. What? What's your favorite place to eat? Um, There's a restaurant in the UK. It might also be in the States uh, called Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Just these oh. amazing stacked burgers, all sorts of flavors. Amazing. Gotta. I'm hungry. Favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla, as boring as that is, oh, I, I love, just love it. it. If you could eat dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would that person be? Oh, um, I'm gonna go down the YouTube front. I'd love to meet Brown Brownlee, MKBHD, uh-huh. the Tech reviewer. He just great channel. I, I take so much from him, and oh, I'd love to meet him.
0: Great channel. So I guess that kind of gives me the answer to the next question. If you were on a deserted island and could only watch one YouTube channel, what would that be? Uh, I'll go with
1: Peter McKinnon to throw things out. Oh, man,
0: yes. I have just recently got into him. Such an awesome creator. Um, If you had $1 million gifted to you today, what would be your first purchase?
1: Mm, Hmm. I would refund all my patrons that have been supporting me the the last two months. Uh, (laughs) I'd buy myself a new studio so that I could uh, go full-time on this thing.
0: Your friends and family describe you in one word. What's that word? Uh, Energetic. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. That's awesome, man. Thanks for obliging there, Pete. I appreciate that. That's just a fun segment that I love to to do to get to know my guest a little better. So speaking of getting to know you a little better in closing, where can my audience get in touch with you if they want to, if they're looking to stream or if they're video game creators, or if they just want to get to know you better because of the insight that you've given today has helped them. How can they do that?
1: Uh, My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash gaming careers. It's the same handle for Twitter. So probably if you want to reach out, Twitter is probably the best place. But if you want to see some of the videos and thumbnails that I've been talking about through this, through this uh, interview, then, yeah, the YouTube channel um, is probably the best place. Uh, and I'm also on Discord. You can find my Discord on my Twitter. Come and say hi. Yeah,
0: I may actually. Um, I'm going to start doing something in in the, the near future. Is every guest I have on, I have a private creator Discord. That's actually a Patreon perk for myself and my podcast. If you don't mind, Pete, I may shoot you an invite over and to all future guests, and just have you kind of hang out in there. And if there's anyone who have any questions, maybe you could kind of, if you got time, you know, here and there, give some answers to some of my community. That would be of awesome. Of course, of course. Uh, so say I'd love to. We'll uh, we'll invite Pete. So Pete, thanks so much for joining me today, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.